0: The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: Philly
3: is a tough city. Uh, You know, they're going to tell you why it is, and, you know, I love it. uh, I like Philadelphia because they care.
0: Welcome to the Ringers, Philly special. Shield Capadia here with Raheem Palmer. Sixers got a new head coach, Nick Nurse. Everybody's already planning for the championship next year. Raheem, this is all they needed. They're going. They're finally going to get out of the second round. Now we're going to talk about it in a in an objective, analytical way. The emotion will seep in. At some point, but Raheem, give me your initial thoughts. We talked about the candidates, I think, last time uh, we were on. They end up with Nick Nurse. You get the text. You hear the news.
4: What are you thinking about him as the next Sixers head coach? I have mixed feelings. Um, You know, one thing I will say is I do think Nick Nurse is an uh, upgrade over Doc Rivers. I think he's willing to try different things. We've seen him, you know, throw these junk defenses out, you know, go to a box at one. Do things like that. And but we've also seen what he's done, you know, when Kawhi Leonard left the Toronto Raptors. And the Toronto Raptors went 53 and 19 in a regular season, and they took the Boston Celtics to seven games and almost made the Eastern Conference Finals the year after Kawhi Leonard left. So I do think he's an upgrade. However, on the other end, when you watch those Toronto Raptors teams, one of the things that you know a lot of Raptors fans have criticized Nurks Doing is overplaying his guys. He's almost like Tom Thibodeau in that you know he runs his main guys into the ground, and he doesn't play his younger guys enough. And if there's one thing that you know Doc Rivers didn't do is that he also didn't develop younger guys. So that's a concern for me. We all know you know Joel Embiid, James Harden, those are guys who have to be load managed, and you can't just put everything on them. So if we're not developing younger players, I think we're in trouble. But I think, you know, he'll be able to get a little bit more out of Joel Embiid, maybe James Hart and Tyrese Maxey than Doc Rivers did.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I was like, OK, of the candidates available, uh, you know, I thought Doc Rivers after the way that season ended, it was like something's got to happen. You know, I'm, I'm usually not a something's got to happen kind of guy. I'm like, is it going to be an upgrade or not? But with the way they folded in that game, uh, he had three years. He couldn't get him out of the second round. It was like, OK, move on try something else. And of the candidates available, I thought Nurse was probably near the top of the list. At the same time, am I confident that if they had like Nick Nurse in that series against the Celtics, they're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals? No, absolutely not. And we talked about it uh, before. It's a Stars League. And is Nick Nurse going to be able to get more from the Stars than Doc Rivers was able to? I'm not sold on that. Is he going to be able to implement some more creative uh, defensive schemes in a one-off playoff situation? I think yeah. That that is reasonable that he'll be able to do that. So, uh we'll get into a little bit about what he brings to the table offensively and defensively, but just the way it happened, uh you know, ESPN had a report that Nick Nurse chose the Sixers over the Suns. Now, since that, uh our very own Bill Simmons and there was also a Phoenix uh media personality out there were pretty much saying, "No, that Suns deal uh was done. Like he was not going to get that son's job. And there, there was also the report that he withdrew his name from the Bucks job. Raheem, we're, we're a veteran enough to know that when a coach withdraws his name from a coaching job, it's usually because he's not actually getting that job. So it's not like, you know, I think it was sold. There was some spin out there about what kind of traction he was getting with these other jobs. Ultimately, uh, he lands the Sixers job. and I think the ESPN report said he sold a vision for the Sixers centered on Joel Embiid. Raheem, I mean, is it what is it? What else are you gonna sell? (laughs) What else are you gonna sell the Sixers' vision on other than Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP, and finally getting out of the second round? Like, I'm supposed to be impressed with that? Am I? I'm probably reading too much into this, right? See, the emotion is already coming out of me.
4: Yeah, I mean, I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, you have to please Joel Embiid. And the one thing I will say about that is that I imagine that you know, Joel Embiid, he didn't want to see Doc Rivers go. But he knows when he went up into, against the Toronto Raptors, those, those Raptors teams gave Joel Embiid some problems. So I think, you know, being able to sell a vision based on Joel Embiid, it helps because we all know J- James Harden is a free agent. And with James Harden, if he leaves and he goes back to Houston this is kind of going to be a gap year for the Philadelphia 76ers. They have no way of replacing his production. So you have to keep Joel and be happy because you don't want him, you know, forcing a trade. So I think, you know, that's a positive in that regard.
0: My car's right out here, Raheem. If James needs a ride, you know, I can, I know, I don't know how to get into the private jet areas, but I imagine with him uh, in the car with me, the, they'll let me uh, get there because I, yeah, I, I don't need to see a repeat of, what we just saw there. But with Nick Nurse, what are the Sixers getting? Let's let's get into that, right? Five NBA seasons with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, only got out of the second round once. At the same time, you have to look at the talent he was working with. And uh, I think it's like, you can reasonably argue that three out of those five years were very impressive coaching jobs, right? The one year with Kawhi, they win the title. You mentioned it. The next year without Kawhi, they go 53 and 19. And then just Uh, not this past year, but the year before, they go 48 and 34. Sixers beat them in the first round. But you look at the talent on those teams and you can easily argue that, man, he got the most out of the talent at his disposal. How do you kind of look at his Raptors run and do you see it
4: the the same way I did? I think he got the most out of them. But the one thing I will say about those Toronto Raptors teams is that they were already ready-made. And built already. I mean, Dwayne yeah. Casey built the culture of that team. Um, you know, like, you already had a guy like Kyle Lowry, who, who's a proven leader. And, you know, since Kyle Lowry left, and, you know, they weren't really the same team. They were a team who, you know, like, they, they kind of struggled offensively. You know, they had moments where they struggled defensively. So, I mean... The jury is still out on him. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't know what we're going to get, honestly. And, you know, he's had this reputation of being a defensive-minded coach. But the one thing I will say is that when they initially brought him in, he was the assistant for Dwayne Casey. And he was seen as the offensive-minded head coach, you know, who would, you know, have a lot more ball movement. Because when, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were there, it was just, you know, straight ISO. So, um, it's tough to know exactly what we're going to get. Honestly, I'm, I'm still, I, I, I like the hire, but I'm just, I'm, I'm torn on what we're going to get. Raheem, I got to say of like, you know, usually when there's a coaching hire with any of the Philly
0: teams, you start getting on your group threads or people are talking about it, uh, around town, your neighbors, whatever. Like there's not that buzzy feeling of like, you know, most people are exactly how you framed it. I like the hire. It's an upgrade over doc is it going to matter? Probably not. And like that 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 is how I feel. I mean, I don't know if you saw uh Barkley and Shaq had a, an interesting I thought uh discussion about how much coaching matters after game 7 uh of that Celtics Heat series where Shaq was like, "Dude, I was a star. Like coaching didn't matter. Like either I was going to go in and play well or I was going to go in and not play well." And Barkley was making the point the coaching wasn't for you, Shaq. The coaching is for the role players. Like, can you get, you know, a, a C player to play like a B player in a playoff series? You know what I mean? Those, those little victories uh, on the edges, on the margins there. And so I was trying to figure out what do the Sixers need from Nick Nurse? Like, this was the third ranked offense. In the NBA last year. Like this, this offense, it sucked. Yeah, it sucked down the stretch against the Celtics. That's a small sample. But if you zoom out, this was a very good offense, the best offense they've had with Joel Embiid. I think we can reasonably expect the defense to be better with Nick Nertz. That that's kind of his area of expertise. But like, what do they need from a coach? They need a coach to be able to get the A-plus version of Joel Embiid in the playoffs. And is Nick Nurse gonna be that guy like where do you see him uh giving them an edge and is like Joel Embiid for as bad as the playoffs were, he just won the MVP like is there more room to grow or where does he give Joel Embiid an edge
4: well here's the thing you know when you watch those Toronto Raptors teams they push the pace in transition the Sixers play slow yeah. so it's just like the styles of what Toronto did and what they did well is completely different from what the Sixers are doing well. So, it's really tough. I, I just I like you're asking a, a head coach who did something completely different to be able to just you know make the best out of this situation, which is is, is just tough for me. So, I have confidence that Nurse is going to be able to make some adjustments. That's the one thing that we always saw him do in Toronto. He made adjustments, and that's something that Doc hasn't done. So, I think. The big part of it is you got to keep Joel Embiid healthy. I think a big part of his performance in the postseason this year was because he was banged up. He he chased the MVP this year. And then in the first round of the playoffs, he gets hurt. And I don't know if he was ever really the same guy. And, you know, I think part of it is personnel at the, at the end of the day. Um, you know, you still have to rely on other guys to be able to hit shots like P.J. Tucker. You know, as, as tough as he is, he's not a guy that you can really rely on to score. And, you know, if you got guys helping on Joel Embiid and just allowing P.J. Tucker to, to shoot corner threes, I, I think it's, it, it puts you in a bad spot. So um, we'll see what other moves Daryl Morey makes. But, I mean, I think the jury is still out on this whole situation.
0: Yeah, the management of personalities is going to be interesting because Joel Embiid is on the record that he thought, Doc did a good job. And so much of NBA coaching is what is your relationship like with the best one or two players on the team? Nick Nurse in Toronto would ruffle some feathers with some of the role guys. You know, Gary Trent Jr. was saying that sometimes he would hear criticism in the media from Nick Nurse where Nick Nurse hadn't communicated that criticism to him, to his face. Now, take it all with a grain of salt, right? This is the kind of stuff that comes out when a coach uh, gets fired with Kawhi. It was fine. Obviously, that was a great version of Kawhi Leonard that we saw during the championship season. But uh, let's close with this for, for the FanDuel TV segment, and then we'll get to more uh, later here. James Harden, what what does this hire, if anything, tell you about the likelihood or uh, unlikelihood of James Harden returning to the 76ers?
4: I don't think it tells us anything. I mean, okay. it's just a matter of what the Sixers are willing to offer him monetarily. I think that's going to tell us more than anything. Um so I, I just think the jury is still out. It's just, it's still so much that we just don't know.
0: Yeah, no no, no doubt about it. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't know that it, I'm sure James Harden was obviously on the record. I don't think he wanted Doc coming back. But after that, you know, aside from like Mike D'Antoni, who I'm sure he would have said, all right, maybe that plays a little bit of a role. Uh, I think everyone else probably comes in and he would have said, all right, that's fine or that's not fine. Or whatever. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, to me, it just feels like, uh, hey, I'll talk to you next May type of season. You know, I I really believe even without James Harden, I think this can still be a very good team. I think we forget that the year before they were 32 and 22 before James they acquired James Harden. That was with Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, who wasn't as good as he is now, uh, and a bunch of role players. And that's what you're potentially going into next season with the East. I mean, we're looking at the landscape of the East. It's not a great conference. I mean, you can absolutely compete with the better teams in the NBA. We just saw it. They took Boston to seven games. Boston takes Miami to seven games. Miami is going to the final. So I don't think it's going to be a throwaway year. It's not like don't pay attention. You know, they're going to have a good team in the regular season. But I think the entire fan base has reached the point where we're just like, let's see what happens. We'll be guarded. No one's going to be over the moon that this team's going to the finals until they get past the second round of the playoffs. So uh, remember, you can catch this segment on FanDuel TV and listen to the Ringers Philly special on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with more after the break.
4: Make a break fast to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Me personally, I love FanDuel Sportsbook. They have great promotions every day. Safe, secure app and you get paid instantly with all your bets. Me personally, I love the Denver Nuggets. Minus one and a half on the series spread against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. You place that bet, I think you have a good chance of winning. There's no better place to place all your playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler. Hope is here. Gambling HelplineMA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Call 1 877 8 Hope New York or text Hope New York. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund is issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 533-42. If you're in Arizona, if you're in Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblerhelp.com. Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Maryland, visit mdgamblerhelp.org. Wyoming, 1-800-522-4700. Or if you're in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes,
2: but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
0: We're back on the Ringer's Philly Special. Remember, you can watch that first segment On FanDuel TV or even in your Spotify app, there'll be video uh, with that. But we wanted to get into a little deeper discussion here, Raheem, some of the things you mentioned there, specifically with the style of play. That's very interesting to me. You know, Nick Nurse in Toronto, it was be aggressive, create turnovers. That was kind of their calling card, get out in transition. The Sixers don't have the personnel to play that way. So did Nick Nurse just play that way because of the players he had, Uh, which is what good coaches do. You mold the style to the personnel you have. Or is that how he prefers to play? Because if that's how he prefers to play, then what you said is accurate. Like They need to make some personnel changes to be able to play that way. And I don't know that it really makes sense to play like that when you have Joel Embiid uh, and the half-court offense that you have on this roster.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, you have two guys. I mean, I'm going to assume that James Harden's going to be back. um, Really? Do you you really feel that way? I think the Sixers are, are just in a tough position where you know like they kind of have to just pay James Harden because if they don't then you know even if i mean whether we pay him 200 million or we pay him 150 million what does it matter um you still need his production and we're still over the cap regardless so i'm just going to assume that he's going to be back unless he really really wants to be in Houston and if he's back, you have two players in Joel Embiid and James Harden who slow the pace of the game. So I don't think we're going to be seeing a running offense. Now, I think that gives Nick Nurse a better half-court offense than what we saw in Toronto. I think one of the reasons why Toronto had to run is because they just didn't have guys who could really get their own shot in the half-court outside of Pasco Siakam. I mean, so, you know, getting out in transition and running was the easiest way for them to score. So. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the offense isn't
0: broken, right? I mean, the offense was broken in the playoffs, but that was what, you know, we're talking about a game and a half. You're not going to make big decisions based on, um, well, I guess you made kind of a coaching decision based on that, but you know what I'm saying? Like stylistically, there was a lot that worked with this offense, specifically if you believe, like you do, that James Harden is back. Like it, it's not like you have to just blow up what you were doing uh, and find something else. You have the Harden and Embiid pick and roll. You have Uh, and beat at the nail. You had the highest percentage uh, three-point shooting team uh, in the NBA. And so you had a lot working there. So uh, I'm with you. I think if he's a good coach, you don't say, no, we're scrapping that and playing uh, a different way. I think you can just play uh, a lot the way you played last year and then make those tweaks so that you're still able to do that uh, in the playoffs. If you look at the numbers, Nick Nurse uh, has once produced a top 10 offense with the Raptors in five years. That was the Kawhi year. Uh, defensively, though, is a different story. I mean, they, they had three top 10 finishes in five years uh, in terms of defensive rating. This is per com. I mean, is that where you look at it and say, like, defense and adjustments in playoff series, like the best-case scenario, is that where, that's where Nick Nurse makes the difference?
4: Um... Maybe not. See, I mean, that, <laughs> at, this is once again, this is tough for me just because defensively, you know, like when you look at that roster with the Toronto Raptors, they had a lot of length. They had, you know, Pasco Siakam, they had OG Ananobi, they had, you know, like they just had all of these switchable wings, you know, Scotty Barnes, and they were allowed to, you know, play aggressively and force turnover. You know, like if this was the team with Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel. And you're plugging them into Nick Nurse's defensive system, then it, it feels like oh yeah this is the perfect match. So he's gonna have to adjust on the defensive end just as much as he has to adjust on the offensive end. So it's just gonna be interesting to see what he does. I mean, like the most common, like I say the the most common thing between these two teams is when the year when he coached Kawhi Leonard and he had Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol could you know. Joel and can fit in the Marcus Solo role. So, it's just a matter of about how he puts it together. We just we, there's a lot of unknowns right now.
0: Yeah, that there really there's unknowns with the roster. I mean, like you said with Harden, uh I'm less sure than you are that he's coming back with this team, especially with the new CBA like listening to uh some of the people who know that better. It's like you kind of have your your shots to get the two uh, the two guys? And do you want to lock into James Harden at 34 years old? I mean, I hear what you're saying. His production will be tough to, uh, tough to replace if you let him go. It's just hard for me to watch that and watch year in uh, and year out in the playoffs and think that next year's going to be different. Now, they might feel differently and they might feel like you and say, hey, we'll be a great regular season team with him. We'll pay him. Maybe Nick Nurse can give us an edge uh, in a week Eastern Conference and will advance next year. We're already in the seventh game uh, against the Boston Celtics. So I could see them thinking that way. I just think for a large portion of the fan base, uh, that's going to be tough to stomach. Uh, What do you think? I mean, how do you think Embiid reacts to this? Like there there were some, uh, you know, obviously publicly it was, hey, Embiid is mad about Doc. There was some thought that is Daryl Morey just kind of covering for Embiid and saying, Uh, putting that out there so it doesn't look like Embiid is a coach killer uh, at this stage in his career. Like, was that a bit of PR? Um, If if you were a fly on the wall at Joel Embiid's uh, house when he got the news, how do you think he feels about it in in the direction of the franchise with, with Nick Nurse replacing Doc
4: Rivers? I think he'll like Nick Nurse just because I think the Toronto Raptors team has caused him some problems. So I think there's there's a there's a respect level there. Um and we all know Nick Nurse has won an NBA championship. So I think he'll I think he'll like it initially, but I mean we won't know until the season starts. Obviously, I do think he liked Doc Rivers, and I do think it was a disappointment for him, but I, I think he'll like this higher.
0: There you go. All right.
4: Well, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anything else, Raheem? You got to get off
0: your chest with with the Knicks.
4: I, 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 honestly, I think the biggest issue we have is personnel. I, I'm a, okay. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I like i I think that is the the number one issue we have. And you know, like when you have Joe Joel and and James Harden, you have two guys who can you can build around. Same with Tyrese Maxey. I think they have to figure out the pieces around them. I like the Melton, but. You know, Tobias Harris, he's on an expiring deal. I think, you know, maybe he's a guy you might want to move just because we we just have to. I mean, when you're going up against teams like Boston, even you look at the fact that Miami Heat, they had guys like Caleb Martin and and Gabe Vincent step up. Each one of these playoff teams, they're deep and they have a guy who is going to just be able to get you 20, 30 points at any time. And I don't know if the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers had that last year. When I watched, when I watched the Sixers last year, and I, I stressed this so much that James Harden was our most important player, and they basically had to be Kobe and Shaq for them to win. And you saw the two games in which we won in the Eastern Conference Semifinals. James Harden put up forty points in each of them, and then the other one, Tyrese Maxey went off. So I just think we need. We need to find those guys between the margins, the Caleb Martins, the, the Gabe Vincents, um, or just a, a wing who can just, you know, really just, you know, put his foot down and say, I'm going to score. And I mean, I like Tob- Tobias Harris. I do feel like, you know, it says a lot about him that, you know, he was able to fit in this role where he's kind of overqualified. Like he's not a guy who, you know, is the, the typical third wheel on a team. But I just, I don't know if he's the, the right fit for this team. Um, so I think the personnel is really going to determine how far we go. Um, I don't know if Nick Nurse can really change anything to, to make us go further.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I look at it as the best players have to be at their best in the, in the biggest spots. I mean, you may, they got four guys who can get you 20 on a given night. I mean, Embiid... Pardon, Maxi can do it for you, and like you mentioned, Tobias Harris on the right night can do it for you. I mean, everybody's going to look at the Heat, and I'm with you. Like, yeah, it would be great to get some of those role players. The Heat to me feel like kind of uh, an anomaly uh, a little bit with the way they they built that team, and they have a coach who we know can make a difference, and they have a you know star player who is going to set the tone for everybody else on the roster. So, uh, I I don't know how many options they have to upgrade uh, uh around the top of this roster. We'll see what Daryl Morey comes up with. That that's what his job is. That's what he is paid uh to do, but uh I just wonder it just feels like there's a little bit of a, compl- a complacency uh around this team. When you just look at kind of the fan base is just going to look at it and like just think of game 1 next year. We're all going to be excited because the NBA is starting and like all right, it's a new coach, but you're just, I mean, you're going to have that feeling inside. that's Just going to not, you know, guard against you getting really excited about that team unless they are just far and away look like the best team uh, in the NBA. That's just the state of the franchise right now with the way last season ended. So we'll see what else they do this summer. Nick Nurse replaces Doc Rivers. Will it matter? Who knows? Was it an upgrade? Probably fine decision to make, but will it matter is the big question. All right. I'm going to let Raheem go, then Cliff's going to come back with me. We're going to spin around, do a little uh, Cliff's group chat, as we usually do once a week. Raheem, uh, what else you got going on? I've been, I've been following the hundreds. Listen, Raheem, what's the record on the hundreds? You went on a heater while I was out of the country, which, which I did not uh, appreciate. No, no fan duel over there uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, but, but uh, you're on a nice little run here, aren't you?
4: Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, right now we're 50-37-1, Plus eight hundred and sixty-two dollars, holding about five percent. So I mean, that's good in the 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 betting world. Um, obviously, yeah. I would have loved to do better, but I mean, we've been rolling. We 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 hit the under on game seven under two and four and a half. Um, I, I feel like my record should be better than this. I, I'm I'm very competitive, so um. But I'm just happy that you know we're in the green. Everybody's making a little bit of money. Um, and we won a couple in a row. So um. Let's just hopefully we can keep it going throughout the NBA finals and then close this year off right.
0: I like it. Check that out on the Ringer uh, gambling show with Raheem, or you can check it out on the ringer.com. They put up his picks every day. I'm going to be looking at those for the NBA finals. All right. Thanks, Raheem. We'll be back in a moment with me and Cliff with Cliff's group chat. This episode
2: is brought to you by cars.com.
0: By the man, myth, the legend, the group chat segment is back with Cliff Augustine. Cliff, you were sitting there. You were probably biting your tongue a little bit. I know you have thoughts uh, on this. What did you think about what Rahim and I were saying? Where are you with the Nick Nurse hire replacing Doc Rivers?
1: So actually, when this initially came out, I said I I like the hire. I I think... Of, and you you put it correctly, of all the retreads that were actually out there, the Monty Williams, the Doc Rivers. Obviously, we weren't going to hire Doc back, but Monty, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers, yeah. Nick Nurse. Um, I thought Nick was the best option because I feel like a lot of players like playing for him, even though you did say uh, I saw Chris Boucher's comments and he said, you know, something about losing playing time or whatever. But I'm watching Raptors games and I'm thinking to myself, well, Boucher definitely does have a lot of talent. And he's definitely um, there's some potential there with him. But at the same time, he does make some knucklehead plays, which is why like like it's more so of like a, a, a no nonsense leash with him where he's like, look, like I'm a bench if you just do do a lot of stupid things on the court. And I'm fine with that personally. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of dudes on the Sixers in the past have had either a shorter or longer leash. Matisse Thibault, not to name any names, yeah. but dudes like just dudes like that, that you know that they have potential. You see it in them, but they're not performing up to the standard. And Nick Nurse is a guy who's like, look, man trying to win so at the end of the day if you're not contributing to winning then what value do you bring to this team what value do you bring to being on the floor same with Gary Trent a lot of potential uh that dude is actually pretty good at basketball his father played in the league went to Duke for a year you know I've seen him make timely threes I've seen him play really good defense I've seen him lock up a lot of two guards in NBA but at the same time if you're not hitting shots then what's the point of you being on the floor you know what I mean so
0: yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a Rich Hoffman, uh, Eric Kareen article uh, in The Athletic, and it was kind of what you said, like, for the younger players, he had a short leash, which is, you know, that's pretty much how Doc has been. But I was, like, wondering, how much does that even matter for the Sixers? I mean, they're a veteran team. Like, think of all the guys who are going to be playing for you. Like, yeah, maybe uh, you have a couple young guys that you add to the roster uh, or whatever. Uh, for next year but for the most part like i don't think that that's not gonna make or break the sixer season is whether you played a couple i mean it might frustrate some fans but that's not gonna determine whether they get right, to the like, eastern conference final whether they play Jaden springer 10 minutes or the six or minutes Percon. in a game in january you know or what i mean
1: Percon or shake milton or somebody like that yeah, or, right. you, know, you know what i mean like <laughs> these dudes that we've yeah. seen enough of and we're just like all right man I've seen it all. I, I and I get like the concern of running your plays in the ground because we just saw him Embiid for the last. I don't even know how many years has he been injured in the playoffs. Now that I think about it, it was last year he missed games in the playoffs. It was this year he missed games in the playoffs. I I want to say no, he he played the entire bubble pandemic thingy, whatever that situation was. It, I mean he's the dude has missed time in the playoffs, which is very concerning. But I mean. I think Nick Nurse is smart enough to realize, all right, look, I have an aging big man. I'm not about to play him forty-five plus a night just so we can get a W in the middle of the wintertime. Like we could kind of maintain and coast this thing and wait till you know springtime or close to springtime to pick it up. Like I don't think he's really I, I think in the NBA, we just saw the Miami Heat literally lose a play in game, become the eighth seed and make it to the NBA finals. I think all that seeding and whatnot just isn't as important. Like Raheem said, the depth is what's important. So I want to see what type of players that we can actually some make it, make a run for in the offseason besides maybe bringing James Harden back, which I think is the likely scenario, just because, like I said, I don't think Daryl Morey wants to lose that asset. And on top of that, I think he actually really likes James Harden. I think James Harden is playing the game of chicken because um, he thinks he's going to get that 200 mil from somebody. And I don't think that's going to be either Houston or Philly. I, don't, I just don't. Chill, I don't see that man getting the four year, two hundred million dollar extension from anybody after whatever happened in game seven. Like who in their right mind, what executive in their right mind would give him anything near that? Like I I can see the one fifty, you know, the two the two plus one put the one fifty in there, but like there's no chance in hell you could see two hundred million dollars being given to James Harden for four years guaranteed. I get it, this is his last contract, but this dude is thirty three
0: right now. Thirty four he's be 34, 34. He's going to be 34 next season. Just, and uh, yeah, I'm just like, uh, I under, you know, the asset part, even to me, it's like, is he going to be a great asset? You're ready to wash like off 30, the you, You're uh, ready to you're just You're ready clean too. In. You're going to be coming with me to the airport. I might need, he might have big bags. I might need your help in the, in the uh, getting him out of the truck here. On time, seeing you on tax are you're, you're with me. Oh, it's just going to be annoying. It's going to be frustrating. I mean, you mentioned it. Could someone talk themselves into. Like I can make the case. All right, I'm James Harden's agent. Here, here's the case. It's very simple. Uh, He shot better than he ever has from beyond the arc last year. He led the NBA in assists last year. Okay, he's getting ripped for the end of that series. Guess what? Who put the team on his back for two games in that series against the Celtics, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, where the Sixers might get swept if he doesn't have those two games. So, like, if I'm his agent, uh, I can make the case there. He's he's a pretty durable player. Um, and he found ways to adjust his game last year, uh, even though he wasn't the same player he has been in terms of getting to the rim and finishing. Now you and I watched the end of the, the, the you know, it, it's impossible to get the last two games out of our heads. When we think about James Harden and just like throughout sports, players do not improve at the age of 34 years old. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, it just. Doesn't happen like you are, especially basketball. You're past your athletic prime. Uh, you know the the decline is coming. It's just a matter of how steep it is.
1: Think think about in basketball, right? When you think about a guy like Harden, what's his best attribute is dribble, dribble. I can break you down, and I can go to the either get a layup or I'm gonna get foul going up. He can't even do that no more now. He so can't it's like, draw fouls anymore. He, no, and it's his, so frustrating his, when he tries to. His best attribute is is the court vision, right? And yeah. where did a bunch of his assists come from? Off the pick and roll, and just giving it to Embiid, and Embiid is just making a basket off of that. That's like half of his assists, probably. I think I literally think they had the best combination of like player to player assist to score ratio, or whatever. However, the it status was broken like down, that. yeah, yeah. However, that status broken down. But like to to me, it's just it's mind boggling because his number one move is no longer there. So how right. do you think that's going, how do you think that's going to happen when he's thirty six years old and we're going to see him in the Sixers uniform? running down the court, and then Robert Williams is going to go up and block his shot, or uh, Bam Adebayo, or who's another center in the East? You know, whoever. uh, Yeah. Pascal Siakam, just some like there's going to be a wing or a forward that's going to just bait him into doing, thinking he's going to get a layup, and then he's just going to block it, or he's not even going to try to attack the hole anymore. Like we saw in the playoffs, he he became timid. Like I had never really seen James Harden be – quote unquote scare because like even in the past failures like he would go up and he would still take shots but like this this past playoff series was kind of jarring because it was games where he all right he's knocking down a shot and I know that feeling man I'm a lefty man when you get hot you just get hot and <laughs> those, those shots start going in but when them shots wasn't going in and he had no confidence he, he just he checked out and to me I feel like when you go to the bargaining table that's a lot of that stuff is going to be brought up it's going to be like baseball arbitration, like when when those dudes go to arbitration to get that extra four or five million dollars. What gets brought up? Oh well, you struck out here in this scenario. Like they're bringing up little tiny things that you didn't do well, and and to me, it's going to be a, a crazy level of frustration to Sixers fans that they have to come back and witness that for another four years. Like kind of like how in Phoenix, where the CP three deal is kind of going down to the wire now, where Suns fans were happy that he was hurt at the towards the end of that series they didn't even want to see him play like are we going to be in that type of scenario where are right, we going to drag this out we're going to have to see james Harden be 38 years old be completely washed of himself and he's going to be making 50 million dollars when you know there's four or five players in the nba that could probably be make up his salary and contribute like a caleb martin like a duncan robinson like a gay fitz like a max Struess. like really? I, that's, going, that's going to make my head just explode if i have to see that yeah. so yeah I I don't know, man. We are stuck in a very, very big predicament. And thank God Daryl Morey's here. And thank God he gets paid the big bucks to fix it because I don't even know where to begin, honestly. Like a lot of this stuff sounds easy. It sounds easy to say, trade the bias, bring James back, find some wing players, do this move, do that move. But it's easier said than done. So Daryl Morey has a lot of of work to do, like a ton of work to do.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with going and be maxi for a year and then trying to build around, uh, find some edges around the margins you know that that's what Maury's paid to do all those guys with the heat we're all probably going to overreact to it but how yep. can you not when you watch the way Vincent and Caleb Martin are playing in the Eastern Conference Finals it's like all right do your job and now you got to go find somebody like that uh who's gonna fit and again it's not a loaded Eastern Conference like who knows what the Celtics are going to do with Jalen Brown this summer mm-hmm. the Heat got to the finals but no one like you said they won they barely got in the you know got past the play-in game like they're not juggernauts in the Eastern Conference. So, you actually, I think, even if you let Harden walk, it's not like a just throw it away year. I mean, if Embiid just is better in the playoffs and is healthy. Uh, if Maxi continues to improve and then if you find kind of one other guy uh, somewhere who doesn't have to be great, but, you know, f- fits a nice role and Nick Nurse gives you an edge with some of the X's and O's like you can talk yourself into um, the team being, you know, competitive and pot- potentially uh, making the Eastern Conference finals, making the finals uh, next year. But to your hardened point, but if I was just looking up the numbers as you uh, said that so he averaged six point two free throws per game last year by far his lowest average uh, since he became a starter. Like the last time he had a l- lower free throws per game was when he OKC? was in OKC. Yeah, Man. and by the way, that number drops in the playoffs to 5.0. Remember what that first series? I mean, he like was not getting to the line at all. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, that part of his game, that is, not, uh, that is not coming back. So it's just hard for me to envision Man. like a better version or maybe even the same version of Harden as you got last year.
1: And it, and it stinks because the refs are like a lot, like a lot of these are actual like fouls, but I feel like this is like retribution from the NBA referees for all the years. He was getting away with some of these, you know, ticky tack half calls, but a lot of these are actual, like I'm watching some of these games. I'm like, damn, like that, the last dude just got called for got a call for that. But James just got attacked by two different people and he's not even going to get a call. So yeah, it's, it, there's a mixture of referee hate slowness, uh you know old age a lot of timidness there there's just it's it's very weird yeah. and I don't think any of that improves. I don't think any of it improves whatsoever. And you are right like when you when you find a fill in the gap guy like you know you know how Caleb Martin got on the Miami Heat?
0: No, what's the back You know the story?
1: Word? He he no. was uh so I think Charlotte had either released him or his contract expired and he was on the phone with J. Cole, right? J. Cole obviously Notoriously from from uh, North Carolina, big Charlotte Hornets fan. He called he called um, Karam Butler, and was like, "Yo, you know, Caleb Martin, this is this is my guy. Like, he needs he needs a new home." They literally got him a tryout in Miami. He became a Miami Heat player. It sounded like a you know two year deal or something like that. Like, there's dudes in the NBA you could do that with. Like, who could like Caleb Martin balled out. He could have could have been Conference Finals MVP, and yeah. for some reason we have guys that i feel like can fill a role like that but they just don't do it and i feel like that's a lot of a lot of that is coaching a lot of that is putting guys in opportune positions to be effective on offensive and defensive end like i feel like Melton and you know McDaniels and dudes like that could definitely be effective like there's no reason to why you know they come in to get, or you know even Daniel House i've seen him be effective in the past like i think he's only what 27 28 years old there's no reason those guys can't contribute in a playoff setting and I feel like Nick Nurse can definitely be the guy to to make that happen. Like we, I mean, again, beyond Kawhi Leonard being Michael Jordan and you know LeBron back in the day to win that Finals, other dudes did step up. Like Danny Green did have a record for most threes in a in a Finals game. Like Fred VanVleet became a star in that Finals. You know, Pascal Siakam was a relatively mild no name in that por- in that portion of his career, and he became somewhat of a star. Going into that, and then the next year they had the number one record in the league. Like we've seen him help dudes improve, and I feel like he can do the same thing here. I feel like he can bring a different attitude here. I feel like he's not in a neighbor like Doc was. Like I feel like there's going to be somewhat of a culture shift, and I and, and I'm all for it. So I'm, I'm I'm ready. I'm happy he's going to try something new. I'm happy he's going to bring in some different strategies. Uh I, I overall I like the hire, but you know there's a lot going on, and 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 we'll see what happens with that. But. So there's something else I want to touch on the, on the Sixers. So right behind you, um, for all the listeners here, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you a visual here. There's a daily news picture of Allen Iverson right behind Shield back in the day. It says the MVP, which is clearly from the 2001 NBA season when Allen Iverson won the NBA MVP. And that was a magical run for the Sixers, who ended up going to the finals, losing to the Lakers in five games, which is very unfortunate. That broke my heart. That was the reason why I actually started loving sports. It's because of that team. and. um, Show man. They made a documentary called "Everything But the Chip," which premieres tonight. For all the people that'll be listening uh, to this podcast before uh, as it, as this it drops on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, there's a there's a show called "Everything But the Chip," and I'm just like, damn. We just went through like four or five years of losing to the second round. Now we have to be revisited with a uh, a team that we all love, a team that we all love, a beloved team in in Philadelphia history, but. They didn't win a championship, so now we have to relive not winning a championship again. Like the wound just stays open. Like, are you are you mentally prepared to watch something like this? Are you going to get enjoyment out of it? Is it too soon? How
0: should the Philly fans feel about this? It is weird. I mean, when yeah. do they make a documentary about a team that didn't win the championship? <laughs> I don't know why they. Yeah, no, no, that. no. What do you mean? You never seen uh, Four Falls in Buffalo? Okay. Well, that, yeah, but that was four falls. Like that was a, you know, it wasn't just a random, like that was a one-off team. Like they didn't get back. It was just, well, I mean, so I don't know why, I don't know what the motivation was uh, behind making that documentary. I actually didn't know anything about it until the last game. It was the last playoff game, right? Where I saw the commercial. I'm like, wait, what is this? Why, I'll give you why another, is Larry I'll give you Brown another on my screen?
1: Let me give you okay. another example. They definitely did uh, um, Shaq and Penny doc for the magic with like a 30 for 30 and they didn't win anything either okay, I but I think what yeah, they won I don't it, know it'd be Jordan in the series. that's what they won one time. Jordan when he yeah, came and those to were like, like a little game.
0: you know those were a little different. There was like more to the story uh behind it, maybe not maybe, but uh to answer your question, uh yeah, I probably won't watch it live. I will record it. I will watch it, and it will make me feel good. It will bring back great memories. I was a senior in high school at the time. that's my favorite team of all time. I don't think I missed a game all season. I remember like stuff happening, you know, like socially and I'm like nah I'm good I'm you know Sixers play them you know Sixers played the Magic tonight I'm just saying and I'm not missing <laughs> wait, the- they were wait, so fun about An 18 yeah. year old you were 18 Yeah years, absolutely see, 100% was, was, yeah. was
1: not going to parties
0: and other events because he's watching the Sixers play basketball? Uh, 100%. Now, sometimes the social event was around a Sixers viewing. Okay. So that was more. But if it was like, no, this is something where you're not going to be able to watch the Sixers game, it was hard to record stuff back then. Cliff, I'm old. You <laughs> couldn't just hit a thing on the DVR and watch it uh, when you get home. So 100%. I mean, that team brought me joy. I knew what I was getting every night. They were fun. They had a great star. Uh, they were enjoyable. Everybody knew their role. Um, so yeah, I will watch that at some point. And it will bring back great memories because I know they lost uh, that game. You know what? People don't talk about that game, too. They really had a chance to win. They had a chance to leave L.A. up two zero uh in that really? series. You know, that, that, that's that famous clip of AI and Kobe yeah. kind of getting into it yeah. uh, at half court during the free throw or whatever it was but yeah I don't care that they lost I mean you've heard my take a million times like I don't I'm not cha- a championship or bust guy I'm uh did you entertain me am I glad I spent time with you uh did I find you enjoyable that's how I relate to teams it's not just did you bring me a trophy or not like I think people will look back on this last Eagles team that way. Yep. Even if they don't win like a title with Jalen Hurst, they'll be like, man, that was such a fun season. One of the greatest Eagles teams of my lifetime. That's how I feel about that Sixers team. So, uh, I will, I will, uh, agree that it sort of feels weird and I don't understand the timing or any of it. Uh, but you're damn right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit in front of the TV at some point and watch that. And I'll feel good, uh, about a franchise I, I used to love. And now that I'm just mostly annoyed with,
1: <laughs> I used to love Man, that team had MVP, Coach of the Year, Defensive
0: Player of the Year, Six Man of the Year. And McKay was great. Am I I, I missing?
1: Did they they like sweep the NBA awards? They swept all that.
0: And AI was All Star MVP too. Great All Star game. yeah that's right he was yeah all-star awesome game. all-star game yeah it was uh it was man. it was a great team eric snow just i mean i remember there would just be two-on-ones at eric snow is the lone man i now I really seem getting like back in the day old man but he would just draw a charge i swear 90 percent of the time when he was the lone man back uh on a two-on-one it was all right beautiful.
1: Your, your favorite player on that team was had to be iverson obviously but who's the yeah. second favorite player on that team That So many really characters on that team.
0: It might've been Aaron McKee. I liked Aaron McKee okay. a lot because I had followed Aaron McKee and Eddie Jones during their, uh, temple days. Temple days. I um, mean, He was a great, eyes. yeah, great defender, <laughs> great mid range game. And then I I don't know what his numbers were for three. I feel like they probably weren't great, but I feel like he hit some of them, uh, in a big spot. So I felt like with AI, you needed another guard who could really defend. They obviously had that in Eric Snow. And then when Aaron McKee would come in. Uh, they had that, uh, as so well. I mean, listen that Theo Ratliff, but tumbo trade. I mean, man, yeah. that was a, that was a that was fun huge. season. I, li- I liked Theo before that, uh, that trade. I understand why they had to do it, but, uh, Ratliff was a fun player. So yeah. It was just a fun team. Yeah.
1: I loved hearing, you know what I loved hearing? I don't know how to do it. I'm, tr- I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> Juvane. Jones.
0: Oh, I was at that game. I'm in the upper level uh shout out to mc listener to the pod his brother got tickets we're in the upper level and first jumaine Union jones center just yeah J- Maine jones had the game jumaine jones <laughs> just draining threes we're like what is going on here oh my gosh raja raja bell raja oh, bell oh raja my bell. gosh
1: those were man, they had so many were... good players on that team man that yeah yo, that truly is the reason why that team was truly the reason why like i really yo i was outside i remember being like I remember you remember the frenzy of people like honking for the Sixers at that time. Yes. Like I literally had a poster in front of my crib like yo honk for the Sixers like with my AI right. jersey outside like I love that team so much but I don't know yeah. man it, I got you know what I'm a, I'm gonna watch it. I do have a I did have an offer for some Mets, some Phillies Mets Sixers tonight up at uh, City Field tonight. But I, you know what? I might just stay in and just you watch You can it.
0: record Sixers. You can record Sixers. And we don't you Cliff, you don't, it's not like the national conversation is going to be about the Sixers stock tomorrow. <laughs> this isn't like the succession finale or something where you're going to have spoilers. This happened a long time ago. Go to the go to the Phillies mess game. And then, you know, oh, the, now like that the, the NBA is winding down, we have a lot of free time for viewing. Like this is when I catch up uh, on all my shows and all that. So you, you'll you have some downtime to watch it. Don't worry that about it.
1: That is true. And speaking of the, speaking of city field tonight, I do have an offer to go to the game tonight, and I'm thinking about going. It is a nice little trek to get up to city field from where I'm at right now. But yeah, I'll talk about our Phillies, man. You know they had another loss last night. Unfortunately, right now they're fourth in the NL East. Um, I, I believe at the current moment they are six and a half back from first. Um, and and look, man, like it's night in and night out. I feel like there's just a mistake. It's either bad pitching, bad hitting bad base running, like there's, it's one of those reasons. And it's not, you know what I mean? It's not collectively like all those things are happening at once. It's just like one night, you know, the starter might have a good four innings rolling. And then fifth inning explosion, there's six runs. And the next night there's the starters rolling kind of like yesterday. (laughs) Literally Ranger had a, to me, he had a solid game. What do you give? He gave up two earned, I I believe.
0: Great game. Yeah. Outstanding start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. he had. He gave up two earned last night and they lost, what, 2 nothing. So it's nights where the bats don't wake up. It's nights where they make a a crazy base running mistake, Uh, a weird fly ball somehow lands in the corner, and then another dude gets an extra base hit plus the error after that. Like, it's just always something with this team. And I'm like, one of my homies from from the group text, which is the reason why we we talk about this, My, my boy Rich, shout out to Rich, He's like, bro, I'm, I'm starting to get in panic mode here. Like, this Trey Turner, Turner thing isn't working out. These guys aren't hitting the ball. You know, what's, what's up with Bryce Harper right now? Like, what, what are we doing? And let me read off the numbers to you. Right now, the Phillies are 13th in the majors in batting average, middle of the pack. They are 23rd in the majors in home run, bottom of the pack. Strikeouts, they're 11th in strikeouts. They are 23rd in ERA with a team ERA of 4.59. They are 22nd in runs and they are 25th with runners in scoring position. And get this our big hitters, right? The Kyle Schwarbers of the world. He's batting 166 on the season right now. Trey Turner's batting 240 on the season. JT picked it up. He's now at 263. Remember how bad it was to start the season, but he's he's starting to pick it up recently. And I'm just like, when is this team going to collectively get it together? See, the talent is there. The records, we aren't like the team isn't that far behind. Like the whole NL East actually. Relatively speaking, even the Nets. Nets are like nine games back from first. Like that's not impossible to come back from. We've seen crazier things happen in baseball, especially with the Phillies. So I'm thinking to myself, like, when does this all come together? Like, is Robbie T need to do something to talk to these guys? Like, what what am I missing here? What what is going on here?
0: Yeah, depending on when you listen to this, I would say Tuesday was the first time all season where I'm like, This team's kind of annoying me a little (laughs) bit. Like I still believe in this team, like I'm not off the team. Yeah, yeah that, that game was annoying on Tuesday. I mean, you mentioned it. They, they didn't have a runner reach second base in that game. Like, how does that happen in the year 2023? A runner doesn't get the second base. Bryce Harper gets the day off? This is the Mets. You're going up against the Mets? Roger, you had a day Roger, off the day went, before? He DHs. Went, he DHs. They went into that
1: game. They went into that game. I believe they were only like a game back from the Mets going into that game. Knowing yeah. how big this series could be to go into June and possibly overtake the Mets in the uh, NLE standings here to be in third in the NLE standings. And I'm just like, why, why is he taking the day off? Like, wh- what, is, they what is forced him?
0: I, I Yeah, I read that they gave him the option to take Sunday or Tuesday off. And I understand you want to keep him healthy. He's actually playing great. Like, he's, he's they just came back and was their best hitter off of this big surgery. But I was like, why is he not playing in this game? And then JT Real Mutant. Is on first base. Their second base runner of the game. They're down two nothing, and he tries to steal second yeah. and gets thrown out. That's what I'll be talking about. What are you about? doing? Yeah, one run what doesn't matter. You're down two nothing. The tying run is at the plate, and you're trying to steal second. You're, you're so. I mean, they they just find ways to do dumb stuff. They have been yeah. a very dumb team uh, this year, both on the base paths uh, defensively, and then the other thing is with their approach at the plate there's this stat called chase percentage which is basically how often do, do you swing at a ball outside the strike zone they're at 31.7% the second worst chase percentage in the major leagues and so uh, they're chasing bad pitches they're not hitting home runs as you mentioned they're 23rd in the majors in at bats uh, per home run uh, this stat from Matt Guelphcliff they're yes. one and two batters in the lineup have an on base percentage of 270 Are you ready for this? That's the fourth worst mark in the majors since 1920, the live ball era. Like historically, historically bad. Trey Turner has the worst OPS of any everyday hitter in their lineup, okay? His OBP on base percentage is 285. There are 164 qualifying players in the majors. That ranks 151st out of 164. Uh, he's got to get it going. I yeah, don't want to yeah. overreact. Yeah. We're only, yeah. but, but that's an, i I keep waiting. I'm like, come on. Like if yeah. he puts the team on his back in July or August, uh, that's fine. But I just thought after that world baseball classic, I was like, oh man, he's going to come yeah. in, be a fan favorite. He's been bad in the field too. The other five, day, the five, ball was player. right under I mean, his glove. Five, yeah, two player. It,
1: we've, we've seen it.
0: Yeah, it, it, It's not working. So that's annoying me. I will say with bro I just looked this up. Uh, this morning, uh, there's this stat batting average of balls in play, which is basically it's a way to measure how lucky or unlucky you are. He has the lowest batting average of balls in play uh, of any qualifying player in the majors, which means like, you know, even if he's hitting the ball hard, it's right at a guy. Uh, or they're making plays. Yeah. And he and June yeah. is his month. Like uh, he's going to own June like he yeah. always does uh and be fine. So I still think they can go on a run. I think Schwarber's gonna get hot in June. Bryce Harper had his day off, so now he can be in the lineup uh every day. That Ranger Suarez start was hopefully encouraging. Zach Wheeler, his last start was like the best start by any Phillies pitcher yep. uh all season long. So they have yep. an issue with the fifth starter. I'm still bullish on the lineup. I would like to see the approach be a little bit better. But uh yeah, you you it's, just keep it's funny waiting because I mean, now,
1: if you I mean, see the lineup like the the, the the younger guys, well, besides obviously Casiano's got paid, but he's leading the team in average. Yeah. And then you got Bohm, Stott, like those are the dudes. Those are the dudes that They're are fine. Hitting. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like it's the, it's it's the big guns that aren't that aren't really doing their yeah. thing right now. And obviously Bryce coming back from injury, we still know you know Tommy Johnny's not fully recovered yet. I expect him to be probably better around like July fourth. You know, same with Trey Turner. Like I expect him to pick it up too.
0: But it's just that's I, the confused. guy they need. Yeah. Jerry Turner. They need. They need something from. I mean, yeah. I, if he was just like his career average, we'd probably be having a totally different conversation right now. Right. And
1: I, and I'm what I'm concerned about is just like the the fielding errors and like just the the base running mistakes and all that base stuff. Running. And I'm yeah. And and I thought Robbie T was here to clean all that up. And, and right now it's just like every night I'm I'm watching his little his little presser from the office or whatever. He's just sitting. There, he's like, yeah, man, you know, he's saying the same thing. <laughs> like, so, yeah, we we, we got to do better when we when we're on the base path. We gotta we gotta catch those balls when they, you know they're flying out in the corners over there, and and you know, you know, we can't just be missing some of these some of these dingers in in, in the field. And I'm just like, bro, like how, how is how is this consistently happening for these guys who are actually who are all really good in their own right? Like you have a bunch of former all stars yeah. on the team. You have a bunch of you know you even have some major some uh, World Series winners on this team. And I'm just like. How how is this consistently a problem? Like, what is what are we what are you guys doing? That's like, uh, is it coaching? Is it the players? Like, it, it, is it the opposition? Like, I'm I'm just I'm generally confused about why this consistently happens. Like, there's always yeah, one not, meltdown with the Phillies. It's not right. Just it's not just a base runner. It's not just the pitching. It's it's something that'll detrimental to the game. And I'm like, why is this always happening to the Phillies? Like, it, we are now almost in June. I fix this.
0: Yeah. They're finding, they, they're really finding ways to, uh, every night lose games. It's not their It's not their record. It's how they're kind of losing, uh, losing the games. It feels like so much self-inflicted stuff. I'm going to take a deep breath. I still think they're going to be okay, but I'm with you like that. That was the first game where I'm kind of like, all right, guys, what like <laughs> what is going on uh, with this team? I'm not just going to say it's early anymore. So I want to see that fixed. All right. We got anything else, uh, clip uh, on the, uh, up. on the group chat or is that,
1: Nah, honestly, the Eagles stuff has been super quiet recently. So, yeah, I, I want to know, man, what's going on with the Eagles front right now? I haven't really seen too much coming from camps or anything. From OTA. Yeah, they've I got I see some highlights, so They've got but. the
0: yeah, they've got the uh, most abbreviated offseason program in the NFL. They just do six days of OTAs where you can do 10 uh, and they're not doing a mandatory minicamp, which is three days. So it's the lightest offseason program in the league. They did the same thing last year. I'm totally fine with it. I don't think you need to, you know, you talk to any NFL veteran. They're like, I don't need to be doing that. Uh, it helps the younger players more, but the younger players can get the work in uh, if they want to. Nolan Smith can uh, go in whenever he wants to. <laughs> he one said, thing. You saw what he said on draft night? No, like, no, he was on with Chris Long, right? He did a podcast.
1: He was, he was talking to Coach Desai, and he, he was like, look, man, send me the damn playbook. I want to play. I got right. to get the quote. He said, Coach Sean, I know you're busy. I want that playbook. I want it. I want that PDF. I want to be on that effing field. I want to show y'all why you should pick me number one. I'm being dead ass serious. What? Yeah. He's, if, he, if he
0: could play, he's going to be a fan favorite because just the, yeah. the way he talks, he's kind of got that special trait.
1: On. Yeah, we got to get him yeah, on. I got to some, I gotta talk to some of our Eagles connects, man. Like, yeah, we got to get one of these dudes on. I want to hear from them. We gotta, matter of fact, we yeah. still got to get um uh DeAndre swift on too. We got to talk right. to him, man. We do talk we got to We got time.
0: Him. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: we got time. We're going to talk to, Hey, hey, coach Swift. Did you listen to this, man? We got you. We're going to get you on here soon. So yeah, (laughs)
0: there you go. And then the only other thing was, uh, you know, there's the Deandre Hopkins talk. Could he be a a fit for the Eagles? I mean, I I don't see it. If you look at it, he's going to be 31 years old. If you look at it last year, wide receivers who were 31 or older, only two in the NFL had more than 500 Adam Thielen and Marvin Jones. I'm yeah, that's a young man's position. He's going to want money. He's going to be what your third or fourth receiving option. Uh so he actually was a good player last year. Averaged almost 80 yards per game when he plays, which, you know, per, which correlates to like 1300 receiving yards in a season. So I think mm-hmm. he can help someone, but 31 years old, had a PD suspension last year, mm-hmm. and I don't and there's too many mouths to feed. Like you've got to be smart mm-hmm. with the way you allocate your resources. So uh, I'm a no on DeAndre Hopkins. I would be stunned uh, if he ended up in, it. you know where he's gonna form. be at so though, right?
1: You know where he's gonna end up there, right? Yeah, he, you know, I think the right City. Be, yeah, he's gonna be right back with the. Is that Chiefs what you're and, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah he should be. To...
0: That'd be smart. If I'm them, that's <laughs> a good signing because they don't have a loaded wide receiver group. Uh, he's gonna get the ball a lot there. You play with a great quarterback like that. To me, unless somebody else is willing to pay you a lot more, uh, that would make a lot of sense.
1: Man, we have to run it back. I like him though. Still, I still think he got some. He definitely got. I feel oh, like yeah, he got a lot to Yeah yeah, yeah, like that whole the whole thirty one PD suspension thing. Like, I get it. That sounds crazy old, but to me, it's just like that's that's hot, man. That's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and he's still he definitely. If you and throw he was it up, never there, like
0: a great athlete. Yeah, he's yeah window win win on the outside. So I right, think right. that like, would translate all right.
1: Like his whole career has been you know if you throw it up there, bro, I'm I'm catching it. Like I don't care what yeah. DB is on me, it's it's coming to me. So yeah. he's still a super threat. Like, I want to see dudes like him and him and Odell this year. I'm kind of curious to see, like, guys coming off of, you know, either down years. Odell obviously didn't play last year. Like, I'm kind of curious to see, like, that 30 and of club, see what they do this year. So I pray I pray he doesn't go to Kansas City and we have to see them in the Super Bowl and then Brad Berry or somebody has to do some crazy. Uh, <laughs>
0: You're already, I love it. you're already looking at it's not like I don't want to see him in the division you're like I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl <laughs> oh, I mean who are we go if
1: he let's be honest like would you be terrified if he went to like the Giants like no like it wouldn't it wouldn't scare me because the Giants still got Daniel Jones at the end of the day so I'm not yeah like none of that terrifies me or if he went to who the football commanders or whoever him Sam Howell no, him okay. Sam Howell and the enemy like none of that Yeah. Listen, I no disrespect to anybody in the division. Obviously, you have to take everybody seriously, no matter what. I like no one in the division really fears me at all. And this is just me looking at talent to talent, coach to coach, whatever, coordinator to coordinator. You know, nobody. I have have no fear in whoever the Eagles play this year in the division. Like I just don't. Nobody fears me
0: whatsoever. They're the favorites, no doubt about it. You got Mike McCarthy in Dallas, and then the other two teams just aren't (laughs) as. as good as the Eagles. So yeah, we'll get NBA finals and then uh, it'll be baseball and then everyone will just be waiting for training camp to start. So we'll get into all of that for sure. All right. Thank you to Cliff. Another great Cliff's group chat. And for those who are kind of confused about the setup here, basically we do a segment for FanDuel TV uh, every week and that airs, I believe, Friday's on FanDuel TV so they do a little rundown of all the local shows so that's why the first segment we do about 12 to 15 minutes uh, you know and that that's going to air on FanDuel TV and also you can watch that on Spotify video on your app and then we figure well we might as well just blow it out and do uh, a full show. So that was the setup here so thanks to Raheem, thanks to Cliff, appreciate everyone listening. We will talk to you soon on The Ringers. Daily Special.